Here we go. Hello, I'm Lise Wilcox, and you're listening to To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. This is the place to be to find clarity in what you want, confidence in who you are, and the courage to stay true to both. Welcome to season one, episode one of To Call Myself Beloved. I am so happy that you're here right now. I am so honored that I get 30 minutes of your time. I know how valuable your time is, and I'm really chuffed that you've chosen to spend it with me, so thank you. To call myself beloved, this is so dear to my heart, and I'm going to use this first episode as an origin story, because don't you just love origin stories? I am so fascinated when I meet somebody to... uh, um, to get the dot, dot, dot of their life, you know, to get the, uh, the full picture of, um, who they are based on where they've come from and what they've experienced along the way. Kind of an, in- an intense dinner party guest. I know maybe you've f- been following me on Instagram at least Wilcox, and maybe you've read my blog, which is at least Wilcox.ca. Thank you. If either of those or both of those are true. Uh, and if you're familiar with me or you, if you're familiar with my content, you probably already know that I like to keep it pretty real. You know, that's what makes me kind of an, a, a very welcome, but intense dinner party guest that I don't have time for a small talk. I want to really connect. I think this life is all about connections and it's about, you know, finding those like-minded people and learning the lessons and, you know, we have so many interactions in our day and our week and our life. It's such a pleasure to really just get the most out of it. And, and I'm a big believer that we attract into our life who we need to attract. And what comes with that is always a lesson, always some kind of meaning we can take from it and, and really use that experience, um, to move ourselves forward. So to open the, uh, the origin story of this podcast, I'm going to start at the end. Um, as I said, my name is Lise Wilcox. I'm a professional human and brand therapist and through speaking, writing and one-on-one, um, NLP mindset coaching, NLP is short for neuro linguistic programming. Um, through all of those avenues in person and online, Uh, I really, really am passionate about my life purpose, which is to guide entrepreneurial women um, to find the clarity in what they want, confidence in who they are, and the courage to stay true to both of those things. You know, if you want to strip it down to brass tacks, basically, I'm an authenticity coach. Um, I have three little girls of my own, and sometimes I joke that my professional work is not dissimilar to my personal work. And that is really being a support. It's, it's like late onset mothering and nurturing. And it's my, oh my gosh, my absolute pleasure that I get to be the one who looks somebody in the eye and helps her discover, helps her realize that she is enough exactly as she is, that she is loved unconditionally for who she is, that the way she was born, the way that she shows up in this world is completely, completely enough and worthy of so much love. Now, I don't know about you, but 
I am getting tired of this digital age that we live in. I'm super analog. Um, even though I have like an entirely online business that I've created, um, I'm getting tired of listening to the same content recycled and regurgitated from, from person to person, platform to platform. Um, what I have felt as has been lacking in this space is a truly intelligent conversation. And I'm, I'm talking about those conversations that maybe you're having with your own on, sorry, on your own. Maybe you're having them with your friends in your living room or at dinner parties, but they're not really going anywhere. Or maybe you just have this burning inside of you that you're looking around and you know, there must be more than this, uh, but you're not really sure how to, how to get there. That is the intention behind this space to really you know, as I said, hold 30 minutes of a place where, where we can just be real. We can just be authentic. We, we don't have to put on airs or impress anybody. There's no fear of judgment. There's no apologizing for what you think or what you, um, what you feel. It's really just a place to be lit up with truth and authenticity. Are you in? Cause I'm super in, <laughs> I'm super, super into this. Uh, I'm doing the so sh the show solo. I think from time to time I might have a couple of um, guest stars on, but I really feel like the conversations that we're going to have in this space on to call myself beloved, they're conversations that I have in my daily life with clients, with friends, with family members, and it just feels like there's an oh, and sometimes just on my own. I think that's full disclosure. Sometimes I just have them in my car when I'm driving around. I've got so many voice memos to myself on my phone of like, you need to write an article about this because fewer and fewer people are reading. You know the way that we have changed or the the way that we consume content is so so dramatically different than it used to be even a few years ago. Um, I've been, you know, writing all this material and I don't think it's being read. Um, and I'm not somebody who likes to tailor my content based on what is SEO friendly. I really feel like, you know, those images from when we were kids in the eighties and nineties and we were like, Oh, one day we're all going to be bowing to robots. Yeah. It's happening folks. <laughs> every time, every time somebody creates content based on what will please Google analytics or what will please the algorithm on Facebook, we are 100% at the mercy of robots right now. So it's happening. Um, but as I said, I like to create content based on what feels good and true to me. And it, it's almost an intuitive place because, you know, I'll publish something on Instagram or I'll, maybe do an Instagram video, um, based on a conversation I've had, or even just a whisper of what was really speaking to me at that time. And the more real and truthful I get with that, the more feedback I get that from women who are like, Oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. That's exactly what's been on my mind. I've been thinking the exact same thing. So again, long winded, that's what I want to use this space for, to have those really intelligent conversations that we're dying to have, you know, forging the connections we are dying to, dying to make, and sometimes just aren't able to. It's so funny to me that the more connected we are online or digitally, the less connected we tend to be in person. That's, I know that's not true for everybody, but it seems it's a, I think it's a pretty fair generalization. Um, I'm somebody who's super analog and I really want to change that. So I feel like having just a solid conversation for me feels like a really good place to start. I love 
origin stories. I love origin stories of businesses, of brands, of families, of relationships. Those are the best ones. And of people's individual life story. You know, I love biographies for exactly that reason. It's so fascinating to me to start at the end and work back to the beginning. You know, if you are one of the bazillion people who's read Becoming by Michelle Obama, it's like sitting right in front of me here on my coffee table as I'm recording this. That's a great example. You know, when you already know what the outcome is, it's so interesting to trace that back and look at the very often humble roots of somebody's beginning. What it does for me over and over again, celebrities are such a great example of this, right? Because their lives tend to be so open and so, um, are more open to the public, more interviews, more media time, more FaceTime. It's really easy to access their story, especially when you can start at the end, when you witness all of their success, you know, their foregone conclusion. It's so fascinating to me that what 99 times out of a hundred, um, there are stories of loss, of failure of, I almost gave up and thank God I didn't. It's just, it's like a part of the human condition, you know, and we are so, because we are such a social species, we are really drawn to those connections and we are really drawn to that sense of, um, of mirroring, you know, we want to find, we want to see ourselves in others and we want to see others in ourselves. So in terms of an origin story, I mean, it's just so compelling to know where, where it all starts. And where it all ends, I guess, technically it really never ends. Um, but let's, let's use today as the end point and we'll work back from there. I told you I'm a professional human and brand therapist and my, the bulk of my work, in addition to parenting, my three lovely little girls, um, is coaching. And, you know, if that's coaching one-on-one, if that's coaching from a speaking platform, if that's coaching in a writing capacity, it's all coaching. And, and really that's all education. I'm a natural gatherer and a natural sharer and how I make sense of my own experience and process all of the crap that has happened in my own life. Um, it is, has been so cathartic and so healing and so purposeful for me to take experiences, really get to the heart of them, suck all the marrow of experience out of them and then transform them into something really beautiful and purposeful. Um, that to me is a process that I call emotional alchemy. And the next episode is actually going to be focused on emotional alchemy. I guess this podcast really has a couple of origin story episodes. I am a storyteller and I am also kind of verbose. Um, And so I think we're going to spread that out over a couple, but we'll see how this goes. In any case, that's my job to be, be this emotional alchemist, taking something that is dark, twisted, uncomfortable, unsavory, probably even unwanted and to make sense of it. And, you know, I'm really kind of obsessed with the, uh, the, what is it a cliche and an idiom of, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, if I've had all this adversity in my own life and nobody's there to witness it or to bear witness to it or appreciate it, did it happen? Was it purposeful? Is it mine? How do I heal it? How do I forgive it? How do I let go of it? For me, it's been really crucial in that healing process to share it and not share it from a, like on a victim kind of way. And definitely the opposite of that to share it in a way that if I experience this, if I have been feeling like this, 
I know for sure I am not the only one. I know for sure there is somebody else who needs to, um, to have that mentorship or that camaraderie in knowing that you are never, ever alone. Uh, I'm a huge believer. Um, this is fem- like fundamental to my coaching practice that you are enough exactly as you are. And you have everything inside of you right now to do whatever you want to do to feel however you want to feel. And through all of my professional work, um, you know, this late onset mothering, it's such an honor to be the one who gets to facilitate that discovery for other people. I am somebody who grew up with really, really toxic messaging at home, really toxic messaging. You know, this does have a happy ending. If we're, again, if we're using today as the ending, um, that feels uncomfortable. If I, (laughs) I'm in a good place. Uh, and my life is actually one that I've created that I really love and enjoy. Um, but it has not always been easy. You know, has anybody's life been easy? No. The irony is that if somebody's life is really easy, they end up having all kinds of anxiety later because they've never learned to deal with adversity. It's like humans are so complex and also so predictable. It's you got to laugh at it because it's just it's kind of a great design. I grew up in a really toxic environment. My, um, one of my parents left when I was a baby, they were in and out of my life over a couple of years. And then eventually not at about the age of seven, my mom was not in the picture that has resolved itself. And that's a story for another day. Um, but I can, you know, I can speak about that really comfortably and tell you that it does. It has a really happy outcome. Um, lots of toxic messaging. The pervasive theme in, in my home was that nothing I would ever do would ever be good enough, no matter what. And I was a good kid, bright kid, engaged kid, lots of talents. Basically anything I did was, was shut down. Um, and the messaging was, um, whatever you're in, and this is actually a direct quote, whatever your instinct is, do the opposite. So I learned to do that. I learned to doubt myself. I learned to not trust myself. I learned whatever I liked, valued, or was good at was shameful and was of absolutely no value. So I spent the bulk of my life, you know, I'm 38 now. So I spent about, gosh, 25, 30 years, um, trying to be somebody else, trying to make somebody else happy. And by, by somebody else, I mean, everybody else. I was a lifetime people pleaser because I had learned and I had, you know, adopted into my own belief system that the way I would find happiness is to make everybody else happy around me. I just constantly, constantly sought validation and approval from somebody else. And the crazy making thing about that is when you ignore who you are and you constantly live in a state where you're trying to be somebody you're not, you will never achieve your goal. You will be searching and reaching and running away from yourself. And it gets harder as you get older. You know, you got to run faster and you got to do more extreme stuff to, to get away from the person that you truly are and keep trying to keep somebody else happy. It, it doesn't work. And I bet you already have a familiarity with that or that you can relate to that in some way. So having that belief system really, uh, man, it, it has never defined, I guess it used to define my experience, but now I say it informs my experience. You know, that, that was the belief system that was laid out in my brain. 
And as an adult, I have really worked hard to undo that and to unlearn it, to heal it, uh, to forgive the people who needed forgiving, even if they never apologized, but to really go through that process of becoming myself. Um, fast forward a few years and, you know, I was married, fast forward a good few years. <laughs> I was married, had three beautiful children through like wonderful, engaging children you know, we lived in this seven bedroom century home on half an acre of land. Everything in our life looked perfect. We had fun. We had a, like a really active family. We got together with extended family on the weekends. Everything, everything looked perfect from the outside. And I remember one, one afternoon I was lying on the floor with my three little girls who were very, very tiny. Then I was looking up at my perfect new kitchen with, you know, like 60 square feet of Carrera marble, our brick exposed brick wall is beside me and we've got the fireplace on and I'm looking around and I was just thinking to myself, Oh my God, this isn't enough for me. Like there has to be something more. Why don't I feel happy? And I had this profound realization, you know, I think we each have these intuitive messages and maybe you think they come from God or your higher self or your team, whatever it is that you identify with, uh, your, where you're in, what your intuition is or who is speaking to you when that happens, we all have it. And so many of us like present company included, uh, learned to doubt it and to, to totally dismiss it. But nonetheless, I was lying there and I had this message after I was like, Oh my God, Am I ever like, there's gotta be more than this. How, how will I ever find happiness? How is this, how is this not enough for me? And if this isn't enough for me, what would ever be enough for me? And this message came into my brain and was like, this isn't enough for you because you are not enough for you. And it was, it was like, I got slapped in the face with this harsh reality that I did not want to face. You know, I was probably 32, 33. And I had that woke moment, that moment of true waking up from a lifetime slumber where I knew I had to make some really difficult decisions. I knew what they were going to be. And I knew I did not want to do them. I, I did not want to make them. I did not want to do what it was going to take. And I knew, you know, like, you know, how animals know they have to hibernate. They don't even, it's not even a conscious thing. It's just what they do. For me, it was that kind of experience. It was like, Oh no, I know what I have to do. And what I have to do is leave this marriage. And I had to leave that marriage, um, only for the sake that I knew I needed to become myself and I would not be able to become myself in the relationship I was in. That is not a slight. That is not a dig. That is not resentful or bitter. That is me owning my story and owning my, my specific truth. I knew that I wanted to be an excellent role model to my kids. You know, I'm a, a wonderful mother and I'm really, really proud of being a mom. And, um, it was that moment where I was like, I have to do this to be true to myself, to show my girls what it is to live a really true and honest and loving life. And it meant making a really difficult decision. And I will tell you, divorce is the most traumatic thing I have ever experienced. You know, toxic household. I lost my sister when she was 21. We are going to get to this part of my story later, but very recently I came through breast cancer, which included, um, eight rounds of aggressive chemotherapy and the loss of both of my breasts. And still, still through all of that, divorce was the most 
single most traumatic event of my life. But nonetheless, it was fundamental to my success as a human. It was fundamental for me finding myself and really being honest with myself and above all, learning how to love myself. It's very easy to over meme self-love, but what self-love really is, is an unconditional acceptance of who you are exactly as you are. And that was something I did not learn for, you know, three, three plus decades of my life. I had no idea what that meant. And I look back at my former self with great compassion because I didn't, she didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't even know the the words for it. I look back now and I'm like, I just, I was full of self-loathing. I didn't respect who I was. I didn't value who I was. I did not love who I, I didn't even like who I was. I had all kinds of anxiety. I had all kinds of imposter syndrome. I had crippling, crippling self-doubt that presented itself in all kinds of ways in my life. And I, that was mine. You know, yes, there was a, there was a sort of a set of circumstances that I was born into, but ultimately the story was mine and I did not like that story. So I decided to change it. And, you know, the last several years of my life have been a process of absolutely changing that and getting really, guess what, getting really clear on what I want, becoming very confident in who I am and having the courage to stay true to both of those things. And as I said, that's when we want to talk about authenticity I have lived this. That's what makes me so good at what I do and so um, so helpful, I think, to clients and so real for my children, my family, my friends, my peers, my colleagues, my, my audiences, my clients. Um, um, I have so much value because I have everything that I uh, talk about, write about, speak about, coach about. I've lived it. It's very fresh experience for me. And it's one that I've made my own. And I'm really proud of doing that. I've done it all with a lot of grace. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. Um, after I got divorced, like very, very freshly after, and I'm talking like the bomb went off, shrapnel was up in the air, concentric rings of loss were happening or like digging through the rubble trying to, or the, yeah, the rubble trying to figure out which pieces could be used again of my old life and which would have to be completely starting from scratch. I found this poem or rather this poem found me and it's uh, it's only four lines. It's by Raymond Carver, who's an American writer, I think in the sixties. And, um, to me, it's a, it sounds like a conversation between a man at the end of his life. Who's just talking to God. I'm going to read it for you and just let, let it sink in for you. I have been warned before by people that they really need a, like a, a cry warning. So here's your warning. This, this might make you cry. Um, this whole show might make you cry. It sounds so dark. I promise it will not always be this emotionally heavy, emotionally intense, but my story is emotionally heavy and it is emotionally intense. And it's because of the weight of that, that has given me such levity. Isn't that funny? You go through all the heaviness so that you can find the levity later. In any case, this poem is called late fragment by Raymond Carver. Did you get what you wanted in this life? I did. And what was it that you wanted? To call myself beloved and to feel myself beloved on the earth. That poem found me probably three weeks after I had left my marriage. 
and I was a mess. <laughs> I read that poem and I just thought to myself, that's it. That is all I want to call myself beloved and to feel myself beloved on the earth. I had spent so much of my life feeling untethered, unwanted, unseen, unappreciated, not valued. And in four tiny little lines of poetry, I felt like somebody had crept into my soul and, and fed it back to me. And, you know, what a simple, what a simple and what a complex desire to have to simply call myself beloved and feel myself beloved on the earth. Now, if you've ever seen photos of me online on Instagram, on my blog, you'll know I have a lot of tattoos. I think I have 21. I stopped counting at 21 and I'm not done yet. Maybe by the time this launches, I'll have more. I have about 21 tattoos and number two of that lot is exactly that, that line from that poem to call myself beloved, to feel myself beloved on the earth. And I had to permanently ink it onto my uh, right forearm. Like it's kind of big, like it's right where I can see it in my own handwriting because it was like you know, when you were a kid and you used to write little messages to yourself on your arm or on your hand, I had to do that for myself as I was beginning my life 2.0 and really getting the fresh start that I didn't want, but knew that I needed. I also knew that I needed an anchor or a touch point where I could keep coming back um, to myself as I came home to myself and really started to get a sense of like everything I need to do has to be anchored in this truth because this is what I want out of my life. And I'm going to take the actions I need to take to make that possible to make that happen. And I'm probably going to need a reminder because it's probably going to be, be a, rough, a rocky road along the way. That's the origin story of this podcast. That's how we got to where we are today. There has been a lot, there's been a lot that I've experienced in my life. And I will tell you, I have come through it with grace, with pride, with beauty, with confidence, and above all, with love, love for myself, love for my family, love and compassion for other people around me. Has that been a challenge? Absolutely. Has is it still sometimes a challenge? Absolutely. We all still have, no matter how woke you are, no matter how um, evolved you are as a person, you are still a person. And when you are a person, you have all these human qualities and these um, very predictable programs that we're still operating under. And, you know, we still experience things like jealousy, fear, rage. That's all okay. This is all a process. But ultimately for me, I have come through so much in my life using my own brand of coaching, my own brand of processing and my own brand of educating myself. And now I really feel like it's my job to share that with the world. And it's something that I am just, man, overjoyed that I get to do. So thank you. Thank you so much for standing in this forest with me and listening as the tree falls. Thank you so much for taking, for taking this time and giving it to yourself to be with your thoughts and be with your feelings. Is this going to get real? Mm -hmm. It is going to get very real. Is it going to tug at your heart from time to time? Mm -hmm. It sure is. Is it going to provide a space where you can really uh, get very clear on, on things that maybe haven't made sense to you before, or maybe it's going to give you perspective to see things in a new light. And maybe that's going to be the invitation you've been waiting for to do the thing, do the next thing. If you are looking for, um, 
if you're looking for guidance or you're looking for that missing piece in your life that you know you want to show up better in your business, you want to show up better in your brand. You want to be more authentic in your relationships. You want to find deeper and juicier love, or you want to connect deeper with your partner. If you're already partnered up, you want to show up in a, in a present, mindful, engaging, loving way with your children, with your friendships, and above all with yourself. This is the place to be, you know, I, I, work with predominantly entrepreneurial women. And what's so funny to me is that it, the business side of it is kind of a Trojan horse that often women come to me for um, business coaching or brand coaching. And one of the first things we do, or like the bulk of the work that we do is move all of the emotional obstacles. We get all of the emotional stuff out of the way, um, figure out where it comes from, go up into your subconscious and heal it, figure it out and start to write a new program for yourself. And we do that because once all of those obstacles are moved, or at least we've like loosened them so that you can further move them on your own, that's when you get into this vortex of flow and suddenly, you know, the money, the opportunities, the love, the connections, the, ah, the joy, it comes flooding into you or yeah, around you towards you because you've moved the subconscious emotional stuff out of the way. So I think you should be really proud of yourself for giving yourself this time today just to sit and, and listen and be with this. Good things are coming, man. Good things are really coming. And I am so happy I get to be here with you. Stay gold. Cool.